Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford and I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, I really encourage you to check it out because it's turned out to be a wonderful podcast where I go around and interview people, coaches, parents, players, and trainers from around the world about the details of youth soccer in their area. And so the show is dedicated to helping us parents here in the States mainly, but parents from all over the world, learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to our child if we lived in another city around the world. And when you listen to a lot of um, youth soccer podcasts, and, and the reason I created this one is, in many cases, when they talk about youth soccer around the world, um, they're focused on the coach, they're focused on the training environment, they're, they're focused on the national teams or the, the National Football Association's philosophy and how that translates all the way down to the grassroots level. And those are important conversations. Don't get me wrong. They're very important. I enjoy those podcasts. But I always left thinking as a parent, I want to know almost like if I'm getting a tour, if I move there, I mean, how many days would my child practice and how much would it cost and would they wear uniforms and um, how good are the other kids and how good are the coaches and what's the difference between in terms of coaching level between being in an arsenal and a great grassroots club and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it didn't exist. And one of the things I wanted to do is help educate parents, including myself. So that's what we do. And I really enjoy the podcast. And if you hadn't listened to the one where we traveled to the Congo, please do so. And this show is brought to you in part by Anytime Soccer Training. Anytime Soccer Training is a web application that we created that will host over a thousand 100% follow along training videos and it's perfect for parents who want to supplement their child's uh, uh, soccer skills in a way that goes step by step and kind of meets the child where they're at so it's great if you want to go from a beginner to um to mastery in uh in your skills and then we cover all the different ma areas major areas of soccer so you know that was another thing as a parent i, I would use all these programs but you know they either didn't have this or didn't have this so i'm just trying to fill in the gaps um with uh, something that that we're building and as a matter of fact we're going to get into anytime soccer training and we're going to get into my own personal um, development as it relates to listening to the feedback i'm receiving in uh, in the facebook group and in the conversations i'm having with parents i'm actually sort of growing as i go and that ultimately is part of what i want to get out of the entire youth soccer experience. I always say if, if we as parents in the youth soccer experience with our kids, um, not having fun and not growing ourselves, then I think we missed an opportunity. And that's kind of part of what I'm trying to do here. Now, this particular show is a follow-up to the show I did last week on dreams versus expectations. And to give you perspective, I'm going to do this show, which is a follow-up on that show. And then I'm going to do another show, which is a follow-up on this show. Because I guess you'd say these three shows work together. So if you haven't listened to uh, Dreams versus Expectations, I want you to do that. But in the meantime, let me give you a quick summary. In the world of youth soccer, and in the world of youth parent soccer parenting, or athletic parenting in general, general, if you want to be laughed out of the room, I got a sh surefire way for you to get laughed out of the room and taken straight to an uh, insane asylum. asylum. 
just utter what some of your dreams are for your child, right? So if you had a if you have a dream that your child will one day become uh, play professional soccer, one day they're gonna play for Man City or Man United, one day they're gonna be in the MLS, or one day your child, especially if your child is really young, will receive a Division One college uh, scholarship and be happy and, and go out into the sunset. If you if that's a dream of yours, or you dream that your child is one day gonna go to um, Harvard or become the president or be or travel to Mars. If you have these lofty dreams for your um, child and you utter them publicly, you're going to be laughed out of the room. Well, I argue that as parents and as humans, we all have dreams for ourselves and we have dreams for our children. And you need to embrace that because I think it's a very natural thing where we run into trouble is where we try to, you know, I don't want to say force, but put pressure on our children through dreams that we have for them or dreams that we think they have, which really they don't really have them yet. So, so that's an admonishment there, but I don't want there to be a taboo to say, yes, I do dream one day of getting my real MVP speeches. Like I said in the uh, previous podcast, I do dream one day that my children are on stage crying their hearts, uh, crying crocodile tears, holding up a ballon d'or saying, dad, thank you for all that you do. Yes. I, I, I love that. I would love to have that. Right. So. I would love to have two Lexuses in the car in the driveway with a ribbon on them and in the keys and say, dad, thank you. This is just for you. That's not going to happen anytime soon. But yeah, I love those type of dreams. Right. But I don't communicate. And I talk about this in detail in the podcast before. I don't communicate these types of dreams to my boys, even though they're going to laugh when they hear, hear this stuff in the podcast. Now, but how do I reconcile those types of dreams that I have for my children? with you know what i'm actually doing with them and as it relates to sport and education and all that kind of stuff well the way i reconcile it is i have i set realistic high expectations and i'm a high expectation advocate right so i set realistic yet high expectations for them in certain areas right so not everything. We do flag football. We do basketball. No, I don't go there. We go to defy gravity, go in the walks in the park. No, but in soccer and in uh, academics, I set realistic high expectations. And then in soccer, because this is not, I mean, this is a sport. It's optional. You know, I calibrate those expectations based on sort of um, observing my children. Right. So, you know, I just try to meet them where they're at to the best of my ability. I make mistakes, but I try to do the best I can. So in academics, for example, my realistic high expectation is that you will perform two grade levels above North Carolina standards. Now, I'm not just pulling that out of a hat and I'm not the type of parent that gives you no resources, no support, and then just expect you to get all A's. I'm very matter of fact, looking at this, you know, looking at North Carolina standards and looking at the global standards and I'm looking at you are fortunate enough to have two parents who really, really care about education and are going to give you every resource available. And we still have the final lever of hiring someone to teach you this material. So I don't really go into that level of detail with my kids, but I do explain that to the teacher. Like, look, we're, we're throwing a war chest of education at them. So this is our expectation. 
And then we have expectations in terms of behavior and that kind of stuff. And then we calibrate based on how they're actually doing academically because you won't really know uh, until they get a little bit older, you know, how, how well they can handle different concepts and how well they can learn and that kind of stuff. So that's expectations and um, in, in, in academics. And then in, in soccer, I have expectations as well, but they're very short term. Like, hey, you always got to, you really need to try your best. Hey, I really want you. And I talked about this this year. I don't talk to, I don't ever really talk about the game specifically, but this year I really want you because of what we're doing in the backyard, because of what we're doing at home, because of what you're doing on your own, because of your age now, it's time. And an example expectation might be for my son. You should confidently be able to get past the first offender in most cases, right? So just keep that in the back of your mind. Don't just settle. Be have the courage to get past that first offender and then make that pass or do what you got to do. That's that's an expectation I have for you offensively. So those are expectations. Those are things that my children can understand. Those are things that you know, as a family, we kind of work towards and i don't really get into long-term dreams that i have or long-term dreams that they have now to put all of that in the bow however and my, my parents are like this and so that's just how i am I'm not saying anybody else should be like this if you come to me and say this is my dream then i'm going to take that opportunity to show you how are some of the steps that people who have that dream some of the steps they do to turn that dream into a reality, right? So if you come to me, like my older one, hey, I want to be a professional soccer player. Okay, well, professional soccer players tend to do these things, and they did these things when they were your age. So just bear that in mind, and I'll help create a framework to help you with that and routines to help you with that, but you need to understand, right? I don't want you to get 20 and say, no one ever told me, right? So so I guess that's the final piece on the dreams versus reality, which is I do, you know, synthesize your dreams into um, helping you as a child think about and even adults that I talk to how to turn your dream into reality. And that's actually what I'm trying to do with my own um, life and my own business. I'm actually taking this digital marketing course now, trying to turn my dream, which I talked about in the previous podcast of Anytime Soccer Training, into a reality. And it's a lot of a lot of work and I'm not going to bore you guys with details. Now, okay, so so we got that. Now, another thing that I try to do in this podcast is is broaden the conversation of youth soccer into a conversation about self improvement, right, uh, and 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 self and personal development, right? Because ultimately, that's what I'm trying to teach my boys through the lens of youth soccer, and I'm using youth soccer to do that. Because I found sport to be a perfect vehicle to instill some of these life lessons that would be very difficult to do outside of the context of sport. And again, that doesn't mean I'm doing it. I'm, you know, Joe Jackson on everything they do. I'm just using soccer to say, okay, this is a perfect um, environment to instill and to translate and to communicate life lessons that I consider to be timeless and that's and we're going to talk about one of them today we're going to talk about how it applies to my son and then we're going to talk about how it applied how i've learned through the facebook group uh and, and i'm applying this in my life and how you may apply it in your life and then we'll just see where the conversation goes now um a couple of years ago i was 
I know this was a mistake. I, I don't even know what it was, but it was back in the day when I used to talk to my son about the game, right? You know, the, the dreaded, quote unquote, dreaded car ride home or the dreaded ride to the game or the day after or whatever. I know for a fact I was talking to him about either the game or practice. And I call myself a parent trainer, but I'm also a reformed parent. And I'll talk about this stuff later. But the reason I don't talk too much about it yet is because I think, again, this falls into the general parent information. And there's a lot of resources out there just begging and pleading you to just just don't talk about the game to your kids. And if you have to, and even then, I don't even recommend it. Stay positive. Just, and you know, uh, congratulate them and 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 uh, give them accolades on the on the effort that they provide on the effort and not necessarily the result and all that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of literature and a lot of videos on that. But even then, I don't even do that because I think my kids can see straight straight through it. So I, I just I don't talk about the game. And if they want to talk about it, then I'll ask some questions about it, and then I will. Um, uh, praise them on specific things that I saw to give them authentic feedback. That's what I do. But even then I try to try to avoid it because I find that silence uh, as it relates to the games and as it relates to practice has uh, skyrocketed our relationship in, in regards to youth soccer and skyrocketed um, our children's, any um, their enjoyment and any friction that we may have had. As it relates to youth soccer, so I don't do that. But back back a few years ago, I did, and I and 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 what I'm going to talk about today is a result of one of those conversations. Okay, so I I either and I don't even remember the specifics, which is another reason why you shouldn't talk about the game because you can't even remember it later. I don't remember the specifics, but I was either trying to get my son to do this or get him to use his weak foot or something to that effect, and he was not having it. Okay. And I, I'm a very thoughtful person in this regard. Actually, thoughtful to a fault. I mean, but so I sat back and I thought about, okay, how could I communicate to him in a way that is full circle, that closes the entire loop? And you guys know, if you listen to podcasts, I love frameworks. I love being able to close the entire loop on a subject. And so I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, and then I actually went into my man cave, also known as my closet. And I wrote this blog blog post that I'll share with you guys on a Facebook group. And I effectively argued that there are only four ways to get better. And that's what I communicated to my son. I said, listen, there are only four ways to get better. The first way to get better is to constantly practice the things that you're good at. Right? Constantly work on the things that you're already good at. And then I used the example of Steph Curry. I think back at that time, Steph Curry put out a video that went viral where he hit, I want to say it was like 77 jump shots in a row. Now, Steph Curry is arguably the best, not one of the best, he's arguably the best jump shot, three-point shooter in the NBA's history. Definitely in his time, but probably in the history of the game. And this was during the playoffs, I believe, and he was still working on his jumper. And then he went and was lights out in the, in the previous games and during the series. And that was during Golden State's heyday. And he hit 77 in a row. And I took from that, man, if, if Steph is working on his game, if he's working on his jumper, then the rest of us definitely need to work on the things that we think we're good at, right? 
So that so the first way to improve on something is to work on the things that you're already good at and get those repetitions in. Well, the next way to improve or the area area to improve are the things that you are weak in or the things you're not so good at, right? And I actually don't even mind saying weak foot, you know, because I actually don't. I think I think it, the repetitions matter not so much how what you call it. You can call it whatever your non-dominant foot. So in this case, and and I don't have to go long on this, you know, in soccer you're always going to have things that you're weak at. Most young kids are um, have a non-dominant foot that they need to constantly practice. But even if it's not a non-dominant foot, I I you look no further than Michael Jordan, arguably the best or one of the best all-around basketball players in the history of the game. Many people will say he is the GOAT. Some people argue LeBron, but Michael Jordan is part of any GOAT conversation, right? And, and his and his stardom uh, transcends all sports. I mean, Michael Jordan is an iconic figure, right? Well, he wasn't always the Michael Jordan that we know now. Michael Jordan didn't, didn't win playoff games at first. He definitely didn't go to the championships at first. And there's no secret that he got pretty beat up by the bad boys, the Detroit Pistons. They were a much more physical team. And Michael Jordan was a prolific scorer, but he was too small in stature, wasn't strong enough, wasn't defensively minded enough. And he realized that's what my team needed. So he spent the entire offseason getting stronger in the weight room, working on defense, worked a lot with Scottie Pippen on that, who was also very good defensively. He worked on his weakness, and the rest is history as it relates to Michael Jordan. So you got to always work on your, um, be willing to work on your weaknesses, right? And so if that was the only thing I said, you pretty much be halfway there, right? If if, if someone came to me and said, listen, I, I want to get better in soccer. What should I do? Well, I'm going to go, I'm an accounting person. We're going to do a T-chart, right? And on one side of the page, Tell me all the things you're good at. I don't care. They can write a hundred things and tell me all the things that you need. You think you need to work out, work on. It could be one thing. I don't care what it is. Okay. Go practice both of those. Practice all the things on the left side of the page and practice all the things on the right side of the page and practice the, the weak things twice as much as you practice the things you're good at and you'll be a better soccer player. Right. And so that's my first, uh, that would be my first piece of advice to anybody who wants to get good at something. That's what I'm doing now. I'm really good at, you know, planning and organizing and following through and da 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 i'm not so good at obviously marketing so what i'm gonna do i'm, I'm gonna spend twice as much time working on that than i am on all the other stuff and, and that's my advice to anybody else so but there's more to it right and so i start thinking i start thinking and i'll put this in the article as well you have to be willing to try new things you can never, you can't improve. And we've all met adults probably in our personal lives who you throw something new at them, either at work or whatever, you know, in some club or whatever you guys do. And it's sort of like, can't compute, can't compute. And you're like, no, 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 no. I know you, I know you're used to doing this, but can't compute. And you're like, you know, you have to be willing to try new things and get out of your comfort zone. And that, I think, was what I was sort of working on with my um, older son at the time. But he wasn't ready to hear that message. Um, but it did spur on this particular podcast. But you got to get out of your comfort zone. And that is an admonishment that I will, as a parent, give to the few coaches that are probably listening. That 
Keep challenging your players and create an environment for your players to feel comfortable trying new things. It's talked about a lot on social media, and I hope the people who are talking about it are implementing it. But I have to be honest, I don't see it enough in the environments that I that, that my son plays in, which is why, oh, by the way, we're creating the free play stuff here in my area because they have to be trying new things and and then i think you even gotta explain to them that i want you to try new things if you sometimes i tell my son if you do this and you don't mess up then i know something is wrong because i'm trying to design something i'm trying to design situations where you mess up and make mistakes that's how i know you're learning because how else am i gonna if you can do it on day one then how do i know on day 30 that you improve so that's part of what um part of what we're all about here and finally, and this is the this is the point that hit home to me as an adult, right? And what I'm going to share a little bit, guys, with you guys uh, as we wrap up. It won't be too long um, for this show. You have to be willing to make mistakes and eagerly change course. Let me repeat that because I don't lie. You got to be willing to make mistakes, right? but eagerly change course. Now, there's mistakes in like youth soccer where, you know, you don't get your first touch right or something. That's one type of mistake. But I'm talking more about the way you think about things. So I I thought this was correct, right? I thought I was doing it right. Someone has who has more experience, more knowledge, more insight, has shown me, has demonstrated to me has illustrated to me, has proven to me that the way I'm thinking about this thing is wrong and there's a better way for me to think about this thing. And if I think about it the way that, or if I take and if I listen to them, if I'm open to listening to them, then I will improve. And oh, by the way, we don't have time to argue about it. This is a skill set. This is a very difficult thing for people to, um, to accept. This was a difficult thing for me to accept at one point in my life, but I have evolved, hopefully, and I'm still evolving. You know, I used to, like I told you, I used to work at a school when I, would, I was running our transportation. I used to do a professional development for our bus drivers and staff and operational staff. And this is one of the things I used to harp on big time. I actually read in the article. You know, I don't care if you have 30 years driving a bus. I have, I, me, Neil, I have some insight. I have some observations. There's some things I see that can we can do to improve. I don't have two weeks to argue with you. I need you to see this and let's work to fix it, right? And that was that. And I think that is one of the biggest ways that you can improve. And it has to be part of the mix. I'm thinking about it this way. The way I'm thinking about it is wrong. I eagerly embrace new information and try to make a course correction quickly. And those are the four ways to um, that one can improve. So before I wrap this up, let's, let's summarize them. Constantly work on the things that you're good at. Constantly work on the things that you're not so good at. Be willing to try new things. And be willing to make mistakes. You know, have conviction. Be willing to make mistakes. Take risks. Right. But be open to feedback 
and be willing to change course quickly once you realize this is a mistake. I don't don't argue with people. Don't get so stuck in your ways that you're unwilling to course correct when um, when it makes sense. And so that is the life lesson that I want to talk about today. So if you if you've been following this podcast, you know that um, I'm a proponent, you know, advocate, whatever you want to call it, I believe in the power of delivered practice. I believe if you go, if you want to be a painter and you practice painting for 15 minutes a day, you'll be a better painting painter. You know, if you music, you practice your scales for 15 minutes a day, you'll be a better musician. And soccer, the same thing. If you kick the ball with your weak foot in the air and catch it for 10 minutes a day, you will be able to juggle better. And that, and in, in, in the process of doing that, you will be better, a better soccer player. And I don't buy all the people that try to make it really, really complicated in that. Oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. Yes, there are optimal ways to produce you know, a better athlete. But at the end of the day, um, I don't want perfection to stand in the way of just getting things done. All right. So that's sort of my belief system. But, but through the last few months of listening folks on the uh, Facebook group and then just talking to people in the community, I'm going to give a couple of shout outs to uh, Fernando. He was very helpful in helping me think through these things and Sean, AKA uh, Michelle and Thomas. And then, Sam, uh, meditation by Sam. She was helpful in that, and I've been trying to get my thoughts together. And and again, I, I you know I got to really start formalizing sort of the meditation because I I do come up with a, good, a lot of good ideas when I'm in my quiet place right now in the closet. And just so many other people in the in the group and in the community who who have helped me think about this. And what they have effectively said is, Neil, yes, practice is important. But you can do so much more and you have built a platform, the beginnings of a platform that can do so much more. And I start thinking about this and I start thinking about what are my core beliefs and what am I doing with my sons and have I really effectively communicated it to uh, my friends, audience, members of the group and stuff. And the answer to that is, no, not yet. And I had I haven't communicated it verbally and I haven't communicated it yet in the application. And so I had a big meeting with our um team and developers and stuff and I said, "Listen, and the editors and coaches and all the folks that work with us on this." And I was like, "Listen, guys, I've gotten some great feedback and I'm even more energized." Right? And I sat them down and I said, listen, we got to create something and we have to add components to this thing that allow people to have fun and become a better player. And so then what we did is we had a little workshop. Um, We basically had a workshop last week where me and the team of folks I work with and a few parents you know, we started drafting out what our core beliefs are. And I'm going to share a couple of them with you. And they're still being drafted. But I'm going to share a couple of my core beliefs as a parent, as a human. And then as a founder of Anytime Soccer Training, I'm going to share a few core beliefs that we came up with. And then I'm going to share 
how how we're going to relate this to the product and this is not a sales pitch in that regard this is so that i'm just i'm i'm an open book right i'm just an open book this is to say even as an adult um we can change we can improve we can evolve right and i encourage my boys to do that not so much my younger one but I encourage my older one to do that to some extent. And I'm trying to live that value. So when we got together, we said, listen, we believe youth soccer is a better is better when children and parents have fun and are truly fulfilled. And that's that's one of our goals, right? So yes, um, and it's and, and they both can work in tandem if we do it right. We believe that youth soccer is better when all children are given opportunities to practice individual skills at their own pace in a fun, low-pressure environment. So we do have to be true to our um, core values, which is if you want to be good at something, right, and especially if it's something that you enjoy, you need to be given opportunities to practice that thing on your own, but we don't want it to be pressured and we want you to learn at your own pace and do what you want to do, right? We believe um, that youth soccer is better when all parents receive sound education and resources that empower them to positively support their children. I, I look for these resources and I want to share the resources that I found and I also want to continue to learn and grow myself and I want to create tools that help you guys do the same things. We believe youth soccer is better when high quality and expensive individual training is made available for all. And that's another thing that I believe in. Uh, you know, as, as far as the product is concerned, you know, we want to keep it extremely cheap, less than a dinner for two, but we also want it to be high quality. And we believe, uh, you know, knowledge should be, democratize we believe everyone should have access to high quality training that wants it but we also believe that youth soccer is better when children play more than they train and we're going to do this in a few ways there are many ways but a couple that i'll mention now is we're creating uh modules that i'm calling right now fun and games and i you know uh, i might this may be trademarked but it's 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 dad tested Matthew approved, right? So I'm creating modules based on my son Matthew of games that we play that you just hit play and you can play them everything from tag to dribble tag. 101, at least 101 games that you can play with your child or you can play with your team that's going to have fun and maybe a little bit of soccer, but definitely have fun. And then we're going to create modules where we mix some of the games that are in the fun and games module if you can follow me we're going to mix those with some basic skills and then some more advanced skills as well so what that will look like is maybe you are running around chasing your kid at first and then maybe they're doing some line cones a couple line cones not too much and then there's a break where you might chase them again and or do something or race them or something fun right and then they'll end with a section that we're calling try your best where they try to end on a positive note of really trying their best to um, to do whatever drill it is. 
and then we'll continue with the sort of maximum reps and more advanced not advanced but the the full curriculum we'll have that section as well which already exists in the product where we can take you from a beginner all the way to um mastery in the subject so it's not a sales pitch in that regard it's saying hey listen within the application i want to embody this belief that you can have fun and become a better soccer player at the same time especially at your own level your own interest level and even if you're not even into soccer there are going to be at least 101 fun games you can do um, to get your child uh, happy healthy and fit and then finally, we believe youth soccer is, uh, oh, sorry. And then with in terms of playing more than you train, and I'm also organizing, uh, and I'm going to formalize this, uh, non a nonprofit that promotes free play, at least in my local area, because that's desperately needed. And the folks who live in my local area in Cary, North Carolina, know exactly what I'm talking about. And then finally, uh, we believe youth soccer is better when children learn the value of giving through supporting nonprofits and local charities. So we're building something in the application that will facilitate raising money for your team, raising money um, for local organizations. And we're also working with um, organizations from around the world. We've picked two so far, um, one notably the Emmy Friends Foundation, where we're trying to send um, materials as well as funds to Uganda. He was one of the guests on the show uh, to support their the children in their uh soccer academy so so those are the beliefs and that's what i sat down after reading the comments in the facebook group and after doing my own soul searching and after listening to my kids and my wife and everybody else and then getting the team together saying you know what do we stand for what are we trying to do how can we accomplish this goals goal of of helping children reach their full potential in soccer in a way that's also fun for them and fun for the parents. And so those are all the things that we're going to try to do in, in the future. And it's, again, I keep saying this, it's not really about anytime soccer training. I just use this as I'm using this as one um, example of how even my most fundamental core beliefs were rocked in a positive way. And I have no one to think but those early vanguards in the Facebook group who challenged my thinking in a way that was positive, not judgmental or discerning, and took the time to give us, give me and our team uh, honest feedback on what they're seeing and what they're trying to do as parents. So my, my thing is, hey, keep the, keep the comments rolling and uh, let's try our best to make to leave soccer better than it was before we came. And I'm going to wrap it up there, guys. Let's get better together.